Reeling from all the terrible news, but not sure how to take action? I'm Kelly. I'm Lila. And this is What Can I Do? Each week, we interview activists about how they took action, what got them started, who helped them along the way, and what they do differently next time. In the process, we offer concrete advice on how to take the leap from freaking out on Twitter to making a difference. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. I am Kelly Pollock. This is What Can I Do, the podcast where we help you figure out what you can do, even if you're in your early 20s. I'm here with my co-host, Lila Nordstrom. Hello, Lila. Hey, Kelly. How are you? Election's getting close. (laughs) It sure is, which I think is actually a great time to bring on this week's guest. Today, we have council member Chi Osei, who is the youngest member of the New York City City Council. He's the first Gen Z elected official in New York City. Welcome to the podcast. And would you tell us a little bit about yourself and your political background? Absolutely. Well, oh my God, thank you so much for having me on the pod. A huge fan. And I'm so grateful that you two are uh, doing the work that you're doing, not only in terms of advocacy, but trying to get people civically engaged because it's so important. Uh, My political journey um, is not a traditional one, um, especially in in New York City politics, where the city council member, you know, represents a district of 170 plus thousand plus people. A couple years ago, uh, you know, when the pandemic hit, many people's worlds were turned on its head, including my own. I was working in nightlife as, you know, a party promoter and event producer prior to the pandemic. And uh, obviously that entire industry and many different industries were put at a standstill. And um, I did not know what was was next for the trajectory of my life. Never worked in politics uh, before, but I've always been interested in in advocacy and in politics in, in, in my own way. I remember being so excited when Bernie Sanders ran for president in 2016 um, and having him be the first person I ever voted for. It wasn't until the murder of George Floyd that really stirred something uh, in me. Um, Obviously, I've seen black and brown folks um, killed before by by law enforcement, but this one was different. And I think it was because I was, you know, in quarantine and and unable to look away uh, from the same images that I was seeing um, and videos that we were all seeing uh, on the internet and on the news. And after seeing that, that gruesome murder, I took to the streets and started protesting as First, a means of, of therapy, um, and then a means of, of wanting to see uh, change here in New York City um, and potentially New York State. I started going out every single day, uh, was organizing with people that I met on the ground that were sharing the same calls that I was for uh, police reform and reimagination. And there was a point within the protests, I believe two weeks in, where we started honing in on the power of our city government, especially when it came to our city council um, and how they affect our city budget. And at the time, it was a 98.6 billion dollar budget. And a lot of that money was was going to the NYPD or the police force. And uh, when I saw that the city council and my city council member didn't vote in the way that I wanted or didn't advocate in the way that I wanted, I took a leap of faith and decided to throw my bid in uh, to run for city council. Ran a, a year-long campaign as the youngest uh, candidate in the race um, against a 40-year Democratic institution, but really utilized social media um, and the energy of the youth uh, to really get out there, knock on doors, make phone calls, um, and ended up winning uh, my primary against that that Democratic um, establishment. And then 
became the the youngest member of this city council. So sorry for that long-winded uh, introduction and story, but I got to fit that all in there. No, that was perfect. And I'm wondering also, did did you grow up in an activist household at all? Was your family political? How did you sort of come to this beginning of your political journey? Yeah, so I definitely grew up in a family that was very very proud of of our blackness and you know both my parents as well as my grandparents have always raised me to be proud of the person that I am as well as uh the people that got me to you know being who I am um something that uh, I always say is when people ask you know what radicalized me or made me political or uh, if I grew up with the activist background is that being born black in the United States of America is political in and of itself um and that's something that you know, many black people share a similar experience with and, you know, being aware of the color of my skin within, you know, the systems that uh, we live in in this country is something that I think already radicalize you, radicalizes you in and of itself. So I think one thing I think about with uh, politics, especially city politics in a place like New York, or I live in Chicago, where it's the same kind of thing, or there's sort of a, a party and a, a apparatus of, you know, sort of long institutional memory is that if you're on the outside and you're sort of protesting, you're, do, you know, you can sort of say and do whatever you want. And if you're on the inside, there are certain maybe rules that you need to play by. Can you talk a little bit about that dynamic and, and what it's like to sort of come at this from the inside to make change? And, you know, if that limits at all, sort of the, the way you're able to, uh, to talk or to affect change? Absolutely. And, you know, that's a that's a great question, because, you know, I came into my campaign uh, very green um, of, you know, my experience in, in running for office, which is something I've never done before, nor have I ever worked on a campaign seriously before. Um, and coming in as a as an activist, you know, there were definitely some big calls of much needed monumentous change that I wanted to see and still would like to see here in New York City. But um, now being a member of, of the city council, you know, one member of 51, um, you know, you're not... Uh, I'm smaller than, you know, some of the the ideals that I, that I would like to see come into fruition. But, you know, many people see that as, you know, something that uh, could potentially deter an activist from 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 coming into a position like the one that I'm in today. But I still see it as, as something that's beneficial to my community. Um, you know, again, there is still a lot of power that a city council member has. I said before that, you know, we represent districts of 170,000 plus people. We, uh, you know, inherent and have the power to decide of where um, you know our local spending of of, of our district budget goes, and um, I think coming into this position still with a radical activist mindset um, still grants me the power to allocate funds towards things that I think um, add to the change that I've called for uh, on the streets of New York City when I was protesting. So um, yes, a lot of um, I guess my my. My mindset has changed in terms of uh, what is possible in this very moment, but I still all see it as pieces of a puzzle that will get us to the the future that I, I, I see fit. I wondered if you could talk a little bit about one of the logistical pieces of running for office, especially as someone who's coming out of a movement space, which mm -hmm. is that to run for local office, you have to get up to date on a number of really technical, boring local issues that mm -hmm. have to do with, you know, which old ladies in your community are mad about which bike lanes and which developers are, you know, gouging who for rent and things like that. I'm wondering, as you decided to embark on a campaign, how did you get up to date on all the issues you needed to? What, what do you do when you start running for office in a place like New York? 
Oh my God, that's a really good question because obviously I came into my race with, you know, a very specific thing that I wanted to change within the city in terms of reimagining what public safety means. But, you know, of course, there are a multitude of, of, of problems that people have in New York City. I mean, it's New York, you know, people are complaining about everything and, and anything. So, um, you know, I'm a, a I really am someone that learns through experience and I learn on my feet. Um, and I also just had a wonderful team of people that really uh, believed in me and believed in, um, you know, the work that that we were all doing in terms of uh, putting in, uh, putting someone into office that is more of the people or more people minded than maybe some of the traditional elected officials that we have here in New York and across the United States of America. But you know, I learned through experience. I've, I've grown up in this city. So uh, some of the problems that people are dealing with are akin to the problems that I'm dealing with. And I really figured out how to navigate both learning about those problems, but also how to find solution to those solutions to those problems. And, you know, it was definitely daunting. Um, I cannot lie about that. There's so many different city agencies. Bureaucracy is... Um, BS sometimes, but uh, I've really learned how to navigate through it. And I've really enjoyed uh, the experience, uh, the experience of learning how to navigate through it. And um, again, like I, I wouldn't be where I am without my team of people that some, you know, have worked in city government before some have worked in campaigning or, or politics before. Um, and, you know, we've all been able to work together on bringing, you know, our vision of what reimagination looks like, maybe not specifically in the terms of, of public safety, but in terms of what, you know, a trans transparent and honest uh, elected official should should look like for our community. So the vision was always the same. Uh, no problems too big nor too small. And we always do our best. And I've always done my best to try to uh, make someone's life just a little bit easier. And then just something else I would add is, you know, a local elected official is, again, a relatively small um, position in government to have. Um, and, you know, I started out on the streets, uh, really advocating and calling for, um, again, monumentous change. But I really do believe that gaining trust through through helping people with local issues um, is all a part, again, of, of the journey to, to, to organizing people and to getting to, you know, the place that I think many of us want to be. You know, it's the local level where I really do think change uh, starts to grow. So you've talked uh, already about a number of different sort of aspects of both running for office and being in office and sort of the different parts of your personality that, that you have to, to work on and think about. Uh, you know, what what were the parts that sort of came naturally to you and what were the parts that maybe took a little bit more to learn? And then I'm even thinking about, you know, you've mentioned a team several times, uh, and that's obviously so important, both when you're running for office and then when you're leading a, a, an office like yours. Uh, you know, to be 24 and leading a team and being sort of the the person at the the top who has to make the final decisions, you know, what what that's like, and if you had experiences that that kind of prepared you for that. Mm -hmm. Well, definitely something that I think did come uh, come. I wouldn't say easier to me, but more in terms of second nature was just working and communicating with people. You know, I think it's definitely relates to both my past experiences of, of working in nightlife and having to to work with people as, you know, main component of the job. But I really do like 
people and, and speaking to people and learning about people's experiences. And um, I think that's such an integral part of both running for office, but also being an elected official um, in terms of, you know, being able to navigate the different personalities and diversities of the human race. And it's it's something that I've, I've really enjoyed doing. Obviously, there are some some bad days and some some angry constituents, but it's all a part of the job that, you know, I, I really enjoy being in. And then in terms of, you know, the team and uh, oh, I guess the, the second part of the question is what did not come uh, so easy. And I would think the answer to that is like the niceties of politics. Um, you know, like, I would never want to describe myself as fake, but like not holding your tongue sometimes when you you uh, disagree with someone, uh, vastly disagree with someone, um, and especially those that you think are, are more politically aligned to you. Um, so that's something that I've, I've definitely learned to navigate and I'm still learning today uh, in terms of how to, to you know, have more patience um, with 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 people. And in terms of my team and the, how that you know came to be, I mean, there was my campaign team and then my office team. Now I met most of my campaign team through protesting and being on the streets um, of New York City. Um, and a lot of those people, you know, continued on to 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 be you know working in my office. Um, but you know, I I've really had a, a great community of people that really believe not just in me, but um, in the same, you know, vision that we all shared since the day we went out to protest after the murder of George Floyd. And um, again, you know, it's not just about public safety for us, but it's about seeing people in office that are approaching our problems uh, differently than the traditional way, because the traditional way and the normal way systemically and historically has not worked for, for communities like mine. So the New York City Council has seen a little bit of a shift recently due to some of some changes in the election laws that opened the door for a lot more younger candidates to jump into the ring. And so um, in the last few cycles, we've seen like a lot of new blood come into the city council, which has been great. And though you are the youngest member of the city council, there are many more younger members of the city council than there used to be, at least when I was growing up and it was literally all old people. Um, <laughs> I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about uh, finding community once you're in office has, has the fact that there is all of this new blood coming into the city council benefited your work? Have you guys been able to work together? What is the dynamic inside of the city council like right now? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think there are a decent amount of people that I think I share, uh, I guess, some baseline level of politics and values with. But, you know, I think what has happened in the council and I, you know, will speak on a general level and I think a lot of people go into government thinking that it won't change them. And I still do believe that a lot of people were changed. I mean, including myself, but not in terms of, you know, wavering on the things and values that I said I was going to do. But I think a lot of people, you know, changed um changed up, you know, through the system and through the pressures that be um you know, and I think that especially happens with uh, one of our biggest or largest responsibilities, which is voting on a city budget. Um, you know, in this this last June, there was a, a city budget that a lot of us were confronted with where, um, you know, we were seeing an increase in the police budget and, you know, a divestment from our public schools. And, you know, I was one of six council members to not vote yes on that budget uh, when I expected that that group to be uh, larger than what it was. But besides that point, I, I still find community um, in, you know, in one way, shape or form, especially with those that have voted no on the budget, but also in, in, in terms of those that still share ideals and, and values that I do on the progressive level. Um, in terms of youth, 
I mean, it definitely feels like I'm the youngest member in in the body, even though there are, you know, some younger members that um, are still still, you know, hip and and, and cool. Um, but, you know, I definitely want to see more more people of, of my generation elected um, in office in, in all levels of office. Um, and I'm hoping that that will create maybe a different sense of, of community as well. I want to follow up on that because I did the math and I realized that you're closer in age to my kids than you are to me, uh, which is a little <laughs> distressing. But <laughs> with that and with you saying you want more people of your generation to run, could you talk a little bit about, you know, sort of uh, what you would encourage Gen Z to be doing, to be thinking about whether or not they're ready to run for office today? My kids are not. They're just 11 and 8. But, you know, what what they should be <laughs> thinking about as, you know, as they get closer to being the ages they could run or if people are, you know, in college thinking about what's the next step. I feel like we are our generation, but also our entire country, nonetheless, planet are, are dealing with multitude of, of different crises, whether it's, you know, racial reckoning, the climate crisis, um, things of things of that nature. And uh, I think we could all get wrapped up in, you know, wanting to help, but not knowing where to start and thinking that if we are to be someone that that's going to help, then we have to do it with this mindset that we're going to change the world. Um, I think that could you know, result in extensive burnout. Um, I think it could, you know, daunt people from even getting started uh, in in the first place. And I want um, everyone, I mean, not even, not just young people, but everyone, and especially young people to always uh, hone in on the local, uh, whether it's, you know, helping a neighbor, uh, joining their block association, joining their community board, volunteering for a local city council member running in their uh, local district, uh, getting involved on the local level, even if you're not someone that cares about politics, but just cares about community um, and understands that building community strength is how we make, you know, all of us safer um, and make the world safer or our own world safer. Um, that would be my advice to, to, to see how one could get involved on a local level in any way, shape or form. Can you also talk a little bit about what you think Gen Z in particular brings to the political system that is unique? Because I think a lot of people like in every generation, you know, have this tendency to sort of discount younger voters and discount younger politicians, discount younger activists. And I think, you know, in particular, Gen Z has so much going on politically and so many crises that they're facing. I think there's a lot that you bring. So I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about what you see those assets being. I think those assets are a justified impatience um, as well as tenacity. Um, you know, I think we're we're so so often we're told to wait our turn and that we have to do, you know, have to follow through all of these steps in order to uh, maybe get in this position that some of us are in, uh, some of us that are elected officials are in. Um, but I really do believe that if you care about community and you have a vision for what change should look like within your community, within your district, within wherever you are, and those that are in power are not, you know, challenging the systems that be or are not um, implementing uh, things that would create that must, much needed uh, and necessary change that that you want to see, then then we need that tenacious spirit to, to make something um, happen. 
um, because I think it would benefit benefit all of us. But yes, yeah, definitely that that justified impatience. I don't think all impatience is good, but I really do understand the impatience that our generation has, especially with issues uh, like climate change. And when we have you know congressional members and um, senatorial um, elected officials that um, will not be here on this earth when uh, the climate crisis is as worse as it could be. So uh, we need that urgency. We need that urgency, and we need that. Um, that 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 energy to confront um, you know the systems and powers that be, whether we change them or not. Um, at least having our voice within the room uh, to make ourselves heard. So I want to ask a little bit about how you celebrate the wins. Uh, so good things happen. You're able to get bills passed. You know, and, and how you sort of celebrate while also knowing there's still a ton of other stuff you want to get done, and and not everything's fixed. But you know what what that looks like to sort of keep you going along the way. Absolutely. I mean, I I just want to look back on the work that we've done within the nine months that I've been in office, especially when it comes to you know what we've been doing on the ground here in the 36th district within my community. Um, you know, we launched a program where we are signing up public housing residents uh, for free public Wi-Fi. Within our first month in office, we launched participatory budgeting. So we put um, and allocated a million dollars that the community could choose uh, what projects they would want to see funded. Um, you know, I passed my first bill uh, two weeks ago that it's addressing the overdose crisis and fentanyl overdoses uh, within New York City and becoming the youngest person to pass a bill uh, within the New York City Council. And in two months or in, I think next month, uh, we're passing our second bill, which is addressing the rodent population uh, within New York City. So um, just looking back at, you know, the track record thus far and, and the work that we've done and how accessible we've been um, to the people of this community, and especially hearing um, their thanks for the work that we are doing is something that um, I consider a win. Um, and it is fulfilling work. And, you know, again, like, I, I can't say this without acknowledging, you know, my team for, for, bringing my vision and our shared vision um, and, and making it into a reality, uh, not for, only for us, but but for the people of this community and city. I can't tell you how important it is to address the rodent population in New York City. <laughs> so much appreciated. Is there anything that you want to make sure that we talk about? Anything that you want to mention that we didn't ask about? I think, you know, that I will just continue to hammer in the focus on on local. And yes, it's in the U.S., we look at our, our federal and national politics as something of a reality TV shows sometimes, and sometimes it is entertaining, but other times it's kind of dark and a horror movie, and we want to close our eyes and look away. Um, I really do believe that our most effective uh, bodies of government are, are the bodies that are on the local level. Um, and so many of us are not engaged in those local elections, nor do we know who our local elected officials are uh, when they actually decide the budgets that you know, affect the day-to-day -day lives that we're living here in the cities or, or towns that we're living in. So um, I just continue, I want to always hammer in uh, that that all of us need to focus and get involved on a local level because even us, one person getting involved in a local election could really make a difference. Well, thank you so much for running for office and and thank you for, for speaking with us and, and helping inspire the next generation. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you for, for doing this podcast. Thanks for listening to What Can I Do? You can find show notes and credits for this episode at whatcanidopodcast.com. To the best of our knowledge, all audio used by What Can I Do is in the public domain or used with permission.
Original artwork is by Matthew Wesson and used with express permission. You can find us on Twitter at WhatCanIDoPod. To contact us with questions or guest suggestions, please email hello at WhatCanIDoPodcast.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review and tell your friends. 